What's going on people, it's your boy Kelechi and we're back with another one of these Welcome back to the Rambling Mind Podcast, how are y'all doing today? Hope y'all had a wonderful weekend, I hope y'all are ready for the new week Or the week already started now, hope y'all are ready for it And I hope y'all are chasing the day, handling your business properly Doing what you need to do, taking care of every single thing on your to-do list Hitting it off one after another after another But actually... Interestingly, I went to a uh, a training class, a little self-assessments course thing to help develop leadership skills and all that good stuff. And one of the things they were talking about in the self-assessments thing was creativity comes out of people who aren't necessarily the most pro at, or who are not, um, how'd they put it? Yeah, it was, he said, creativity comes from people who are procrast- procrastinators rather than people who are precastinators. And I was like, what? And what basically the idea is when we are at a point where we drag ourselves, when we're thinking about the thing, even though we're not getting it accomplished, but we're thinking about it. Like, for example, let's say you're working on a homework assignment and you stop working on that homework assignment for a few minutes. You pull out your phone or you start playing like solitaire. Solitaire is my favorite game, my favorite pastime game you start playing solitaire and you're like man i need to you're just kind of instead of doing what you need to do you're playing solitaire but however you're still thinking about the homework assignment you got to get done you're still thinking about it you end up coming out with a better product at the end of the day than if you were just only focused on that homework assignment the whole way and it was pretty interesting because it is true because sometimes I'll be doing something, I'll be trying to figure something out, like I remember back in college, I'll be trying to figure out some difficult thermal problem, some kind of difficult thermal assignment that our professor gave us, and it would just be like, taking a step back, removing myself from the thing, so I could actually see the forest from the trees, and doing something completely different, however I was still thinking of that homework assignment, but seeing the forest from the trees, all of a sudden, something can click, and it's like, Yo, that's how I can solve that problem. So, all that is to say, listen to the Rambling Mind podcast and have a little procrastination moment and just take a break while also still thinking about the things you need to get done. Just take a break. Like they say, have yourself a little Kit Kat. Just take a moment to pause, to reflect while still thinking about the thing you need to get done, but take a moment, take a breather. It'll help you get what you need to get done faster in a better way than you can even imagine right now. But anyway, that's just my little spill from the little training class I went to. It was pretty interesting. I hate personal personal personality assessments because personality assessments tend to figure me out way too easily. It was calling me out. I was like, dang, this thing's talking about me. Even though it's not the whole picture of me, it's a part of me. And I was like, dang, I felt bad, but then I felt good because sometimes knowing is the greatest strength that you can have in order to succeed. Knowing is power. Knowledge is power. Sometimes the pen is mightier than the sword. But anyway, that's a bunch of random stuff because it is called the Rambling Mind Podcast and I'm just going off on a different tangent. But how are y'all doing? Hope y'all are having a wonderful week so far. Chase it. Do what you need to do. Handle it. Kill those goals do whatever it takes well not whatever it takes but you know what i mean anyway let's talk about some stuff this new week some things i just want us to look out for coming up in this brand new week that we are heading into or already in 
one of the things we need to work for watch out for even though i made this note and then uh, president and tweet did, did what he does best just kind of blew the whole thing up so phase one of an agreement between the u.s and china for the trade war was supposed to go into effect sometime this week and the u.s and china were supposed to sit down at apec which apec is the asia pacific economic corporation we're supposed to sit down and discuss how they were going to implement phase one of the trade war agreement but <clears throat> as he always does president trump popped out out of nowhere and just decided he said i have not agreed to anything with china and you know and it's just like dog what you doing like all the news report everything even his own commerce head came out and said that they had agreed to something with china and then he comes out and says i haven't agreed to anything and basically this is his way in all honesty this is his way of counteracting the reports that we had i believe it was last week that we talked about this reports that we had that said that the china the trade war wasn't doing what it was supposed to do the trade deficit was actually increasing rather than decreasing even with this whole tariff tariffs and trade war going off it wasn't working it wasn't doing what he said it was going to do and so this is his way of saying we haven't agreed to anything we're still hard, holding a hard line against those guys we're still doing what we need to do in order to help the u.s economy but it's not working first of all part one and then part deuce on the other side of things he's messing up what's already been agreed to it's like what are you doing so we were going to be watching out this week for how that was going to be implemented but i guess that's off the table and we're back to step one with all the stocks once he said that all the stocks just turned around and were like they were on high gains they were reaching new heights they were making all kinds of gains but all of a sudden the stock market turned around and had negative so we're starting off this week with some more negative stock markets gain. So we'll just see where this goes on from there. All right. But next big thing that we need to watch out for is, again, with the government, how are they going to avoid another situation that they had last year? How are they going to avoid another government shutdown? And as we know, the, the parties are so separated right now on so many different issues that although we should have a budget, I'm not sure if we're going to get a budget. It's just we may have the same situation we had at the end of the year last year with the same thing where people were out of the out of jobs because these two parties couldn't come to a freaking agreement about stuff, couldn't come to agreement about the national budget. And we're going back into that fight again. And things are just as separated as they were last year. So that's something to watch out for with the government. Are they going to shut down again? Are they going to be able to implement a budget? Or are they going to just repeat history all over again? So these are some of the big things to be watching out for this week and and the rest of this month. And also because I'm a tech head, something else to watch out for is Tesla is going to be unveiling slash announcing their new electric truck on the 21st. I just think that's going to be cool. Because as we talked about, electric vehicles is moving, seeming very much like this is definitely the future of cars. And Tesla has been able to pervade into that market, which I saw a stat the other day that was pretty interesting. It was comparing the profits that 
different car companies make per car that they sell and what their par profit margins is. As we've talked about Tesla in the past, Tesla hasn't been profitable for the longest time, but now it's rounding that corner with the Model 3, which I was wrong. The Model 3 is actually very, very accessible to everybody. It's very afford it's an afford affordable vehicle. So they're rounding that corner and finally being able to be profitable. So it was just basically putting out on the list of these companies, these car manufacturers, who do you think is the most profitable or makes the most out of each car that it sells? I'm gonna list a few companies and you guys tell me which one you think makes the most money. Tesla, Ford, Honda, Toyota, we'll go with GMC or General Motors, Mercedes, Porsche, BMW, and we'll throw Volkswagen in there as well. So, we'll give you about five seconds to think about it. And if you need to, rewind back and listen to the car companies that I gave you and tell me just which ones do you think will be the ones that make the most money. I'll wait. All right, so of those car companies, the company that makes the most amount of profit per car that they sell is Toyota. One of the most affordable cars that you can buy is also the ones that make the most profit per car that they sell. That's very impressive. It's not your Mercedes of the world. They have a very tight window. It's not your Fords of the world. Even though they are up there, it is Toyota. Toyota is the most profitable per car. That doesn't make profitable company, but profitable per car sales car manufacturer, which is pretty dope. I don't know. Actually, I don't think it includes luxury vehicles. And when I say luxury vehicles, I'm talking about high luxury, meaning uh, your Lamborghinis of the world and those kind of cars, but more of your general cars that you see on a daily basis. So that's just, to me, that blew my mind. They made, they make $2,300 per car sold of profit. Tesla makes 268. Like I said, they're just coming around the corner and Ford brings in about $1,400 per car sold. So that's pretty interesting to me. It's just a good note as to show where exactly we're going with this whole manufacturer thing. And like I said, Tesla is re releasing a new car or releasing a truck, an electric truck or unveiling an electric truck, truck later on this year. So that's going to be something interesting to see. But moving on from there. So remember how I talked about taking a break from work? Ah, maybe don't do that. Well, the, uh, recently... Productivity has been said that it is down for, for the first time in four years that worker productivity has dropped about 0.3%. First of all, I didn't know this was even a stat that was being tracked. I mean, I knew it was being tracked by my supervisor and my uh, co-workers and people like that, you know, within my company. But I didn't know it was actually a stat that is tracked U.S. national wise on a national level. They actually track worker productivity. I didn't know that. So... Let me tell you about some of the ways that you are affecting productivity in the U.S. with your Instagram using, Facebook watching, YouTube listening. Well, I don't know if it's Facebook watching or Facebook clicking, YouTube watching, you know, all the stuff we do at work when we're supposed to be working. But it is a stat that is tracked by the U.S. labor market. And the reason they track it is because your work level actually has a direct correlation. Well, I wouldn't say your specific work level, but worker in a whole, like the whole U.S. workers, like everyone who has a job and everything. Worker level has a direct 
correlation and a direct impact on the economy and how the economy works and how the economy grows and things of that sort. So one of the ways that we have contributed, well, technically not really us, but one of the things that have contributed to this drop in worker productivity is remember that tax cut in 2017 that Trump, remember we talked about it earlier, how it was supposed to help boost the economy and boost investments and boost all this other things for the for the for the economy and stuff like that well it didn't work because of the trade war which also was around the same time that it started companies took that bonus money that they made that year instead of reinvesting it and buying new productivity tools like new computers and new machineries and things of that sort they did the opposite they pocketed that money because they were like we're not sure how this trade war is gonna play out so we might as well report this as a profit that we made this year, which a lot of companies did. They reported it as a gain because, hey, if we're not paying that much in taxes, hey, we did good this year. And it helped a lot of companies help their stock out to for investors to be like, okay, they did well this year and that kind of thing. So it had the opposite effect that it was supposed to have in t- on two sides. One, it was supposed to boost in productivity by helping by companies spending more money on computers machineries those kind of things and then on the other side with the government not getting any of those funds it affected the economy because a lot of things are paid for by the government and so that's dollars that's not going in back into the economy in any which way so that's one reason of why worker productivity went down and then the second reason of why worker productivity is going down is because the workforce is aging. We have a huge generation. The baby boomer generation is leaving the workforce. We have that generation finally coming out of the workforce. A lot of people are retiring. So with that amount of mass of people, you can go to any job right now. One of the things they'll always say is, man, we are losing a bunch of talent. We are losing a bunch of experience going out that door. How do we retain that knowledge? How do we retain those skill sets? How do we retain all that stuff that's leaving the door because people are retiring? That's one of the things that a lot of companies are facing right now is how do we train these new talents that are coming through the door? At the same time, how do we transfer that knowledge from the people that are leaving through the door? So as the workforce ages, you're losing that experience level. So things are going to slow down. Worker productivity is definitely going to drop because people are learning as they're going. They don't have those same skill sets that these people have been doing these jobs. If you remember the baby boomers, they basically worked in the same careers for like 20, 30 years. And millennials are not the same. Millennials, when they see that they're not growing, they're not getting the opportunities that they feel like they deserve. They tend to leave their job every two to three years. They switch jobs very, 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 very quickly. So with the baby boomer generation, you have that going on with them pushing out and saying, oh, it's time for us to hit that retire button and hop out of this and stop working. And you have this generation of people that are now just kind of starting to enter the workforce, kind of learning as they go and learning as they're developing. So worker productivity definitely will drop. So I guess we're not really personally all the way at fault, even though, you know, we take breaks. We don't always we ain't always 100 percent all the time working. But at the same time, with not new tools being acquired by businesses and an aging workforce, worker productivity was bound to drop in the last uh, for the first time in the last four years. So at the end of the day, the main key for this is still that in order for us to see economic changes, 
worker productivity also has to go up. It's a very much a tight knit thing because if worker productivity is going up, it means people are making more money. It means businesses are making more money. It means their efficiency is being developed. So profits are are increasing, which means businesses have more room to give people more money. And if profits keep going up, and you have more money to spend, you'll be able to spend it more on the economy. The economy keeps growing and keeps expanding. So businesses, even though they didn't take the initiative that they were given with that tax cut, they're going to be forced to do that anyway. They're going to be forced to invest more in efficiencies because labor costs, as of the last uh, survey that was done for the past year, year over year, labor cost has gone up 3.6%. So businesses are going to be forced, regardless of whether they choose to take the initiative and invest in themselves, they're going to be forced one way or another to choose efficiencies. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on the industry that you're in. One of the things that people don't haven't been talking about enough is the fact that automation is going to take a lot of jobs a lot away from a lot of people because businesses are always going to look for those efficiencies in order to drop those costs down. And like I said, labor is going up, which means that businesses, are, some businesses are going to be forced to do it faster than others. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing for me, but I, I would advise everyone always have a skill that cannot be easily replaced. Make yourself not easily replaceable. Do something that is not easily replaceable. But I guess the day will come where robotics, AI, machine learning, when they combine all of those things together, it's going to be able to perform tasks that we do on a daily basis right now, but it's going to do it at such a high level that we won't have to do any of those things. And then the question becomes, how do we live life when the task that we do on a daily basis is no longer something that we need to do? And how do we keep making having fulfillment how do we make money how do we feed ourselves those kind of things hopefully at that point it would just be like you don't have to work but you work if you want to that kind of, is that whole thing is a whole different question for another day and it's something that i don't have the answers to and it's a whole discussion of what happens the day that we don't have to work anymore how do we feed ourselves like are we still gonna have money to be able to feed ourselves or is the government gonna have to give us money so we can feed ourselves and do what we need to do and is it gonna be the type of system where you work if you want to or you don't work at all or what is gonna be anyway just there's a lot of stuff with that whole topic and that's not for this podcast this podcast is focusing on the fact that productivity is down however businesses are going to be forced to face and tackle that issue head on with the aging uh, workforce and also with having to develop new efficiencies, buy new machines, buy new software, buy new programs, buy new computer systems, buy all these new things to help develop efficiencies in their business so they don't have to keep paying labor costs. Anyway, moving on from there, remember last week we talked about how the big things that people were looking forward to as far as earnings calls was going on because earnings is this month because the third quarter or rather yeah the third quarter just ended and earning calls is everything everybody wants to see how companies are doing but we talked about how leisure and experience type businesses were going to be the focus well leisure and travel let me change that well they're both experience type businesses anyway but leisure and travel earnings were going to be the main focus of of this week or last week of how to see an idea of how consumers are spending their money if consumers are still spending their money especially in the third quarter because if you think the the third quarter is still those summer months when people are still trying to go out and do stuff 
So it was very it's it was very interesting to note and see how consumers are spending their money. And for the most part, it's good news. Consumers are still spending money. Consumers are still very much the backbone of why the US isn't seeing any negative effects from the trade war for the most part, for the most part, because people are still very, very, very much spending their money. People still feel generally good about the economy as a whole. So people are still going out. I mean, Disney reported unbelievable earnings i mean they reported eight percent annual growth of their theme park business like we talked about last week theme parks and cruise lines are a major core of how they make most of their money that's their bread and butter that's what brings in money for the business as much as they would like to focus a lot on now looking at streaming is they're going to be their new bread and butter is going to be their new source of profit is going to be their new source of income but right now investors still want to know how exactly did you do with what you have right now how is your cruise line business doing how is your theme park business doing well for the most part they're doing very well like i said they had an eight percent growth and that is interesting even with the fact that if you remember we had hurricane dorian which went through uh the bahamas and went through uh did it go through hawaii i want to say hawaii i'm not sure i'm probably wrong about that but it basically like tore through a lot of places. And so with that being said, everyone expected them to have some kind of negative, but they had growth, which was really good. But it does help when they released a brand new Star Wars theme park and a brand new uh, cruise liner that that always helps that people want to experience those things when they're brand new, when they're fresh, when they've never done it before. So that always helps. However, on the other side of things, there were companies that did see a negative return on or not a negative return, but rather saw negative earnings. And those companies are TripAdvisor and Expedia. And they got absolutely destroyed after they did their earnings call. TripAdvisor stock dropped 22% and Expedia's stock dropped 27%. And the main reason they missed badly on their prediction for earnings was because they forgot about a company that, you know, does a little bit of advertising, but you know, we all kind of use it to search everything and every single day, it kind of rules our lives for the most part. They kind of forgot that, you know, Google still exists out here and Google tends to bring up all search results for anything. So what happened was basically they didn't they didn't think about Google being a big competitor in the space and they had to spend more money for ad dollars. They had to spend a whole lot of ad dollars in order to compete against Google. And as we all know, competing against companies like Amazon, companies like Google, companies like Apple, companies like Microsoft tends to be a losing battle, tends to be one that you cannot win out. Just, you know, ask any retail store out there that's trying to fight Amazon right now. It's just one they can't risk. So they kept on spending money for ads in order to advertise and tell people, use TripAdvisor, use Expedia. I know you've seen those uh, those commercials on TV. Now there's the Trivago one. And anyway, that's, that's besides the point. But you've seen the commercials for Expedia on TV. You've seen the commercials on, on YouTube. You've seen it everywhere because they're spending a whole lot more on ad revenue in order to compete with Google. The problem is when you're paying money to the people that you're competing against, because they're paying money to Google to serve you those ads. You're kind of bolstering the war fund that Google has to compete against you and kind of dominate you out of that space. So we'll see how that plays. Hopefully they can figure it 
to figure out how to make their site more usable and more rewarding to people over using Google. And one of the ways they have a rewards program that each of these ones are trying to kind of initiate people into using more often to get them out of just, oh, I want to go to San Francisco, go on Google and Google closest hotel to this location okay 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 cheapest price cheapest price boom and you just use google for what you need rather than spending the time on you know TripAdvisor and expedia and all that good stuff so overall it's good news from the earnings we're having people are still spending as much money as they would spend and people are still thinking it's positive in the economy which is good because this is the only way we live in an economy that is based on mindset so at the moment we start feeling and when I say we, I mean consumers, the general public, start feeling that the economy is tanking, the economy will start tanking because we will say, there's no point in me spending these dollars, I would rather save it. And rather than spending it, I will save it, which causes the economy to turn upside down. So that's just general good news. Now the final news I have today, is kind of a out of left field one, and I thought it was interesting. I was like, you know what? I'll make it about business in some way, shape, or form. Coca-Cola has just launched a new product. It is a product called AHA. Yes, AHA. It's called AHA. I don't know if any of y'all listen. There's a, there's, a, there's a guy I listen to. His name is AHA Gazelle. Really, really good musician. Very good artist. He makes a lot of dope songs. Go check him out. AHA Gazelle. A-H-A-G-A-Z-Z-E-L-L-E, I think. But anyway, that's besides the point. Go check him out. He's really dope. But they just Coca-Cola just released a new product, which I think he might blow up because of this. A new product called, not blow up in the sense of like, because of me, he's going to blow up. But blow up because of Coca-Cola releasing something that sounds similar to his. Anyway, that's I don't know why I'm going on tangent. But Coca-Cola released a new product called AHA Sparkling Water. Like the name goes, it's sparkling water. So the question is like, sparkling water, Coca-Cola, how does... How does this work together? Like, this doesn't make any sense. But anyway, this is the first product that Coca-Cola is launching in North America in over a decade, which means that Coke smells money in the air. They say, we think we can make money out of this sparkling, what do you call it? Sparkling water. Yes, this is a moneymaker. Now, why do they think it's a moneymaker? So, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but there's this whole health conscious crave that has been going on for the last... 20 or so year is it's been it's been going on and i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon we talked about it with mcdonald's and how they're struggling against going up with their earnings report saying they they're losing money because people ain't going to mcdonald's that much anymore versus you have chipotle that's like yo too many people are coming to chipotle because people are looking for a little bit more of the healthy option so it's the same thing that's going on in the soda market even though the soda market made i think 28 million billion it's still a 28 billion dollar industry and sparkling water is just like a three billion dollar industry but there's a massive change in the amount of product that coke is being able that is able to ship out like a lot of people are going away from drinking sodas and looking for other alternative options of how to get that little sweet taste in their mouth when they're trying to eat and do all this other stuff. So when this started happening, when people started, which Coca-Cola and all these companies, they realized this long before we did because they see those numbers. So they saw even when it was a less than 1% drop off, the questions began to be asked like, yo, what's going on? Why aren't people buying sodas anymore? That's when we started seeing the launches of 
Coke Zero products where they were like, zero calories, zero sugar, zero caffeine. All in our Coke product, but you know. So it did good. Those products did decent. They did well enough. But people weren't really feeling that because people wanted to do away with carbonated drinks. They didn't want that acid burning battery cleansing feeling by the way side news did you know that if you take coke and pour it on a battery you can clean you know when your battery has corrosion on the top of it it can clean the corrosion like do you know how hard i tried just using soap dish rope to clean corrosion it doesn't just go away but the uh, coke coke the thing that we are drinking and put inside our body that thing you pour it on top easy just you just scrub it easily and it comes off. Oh, and one other thing you can use Coke for. It's just, it's just life hacks. You can also use Coke to clean rust. Rust or oxidation on meta. Meta. You can use Coke to just scrub that in. And easy like that, you just go away. So, you know, people when people started realizing these things, we were like, you know what? Maybe I don't want none of those chemicals in my body. body. Maybe I want to drink something else. But people don't really like drinking just straight water. People love, uh, people wanted something else. So carbonated water came about, which is what sparkling water basically is. It like gives a little fizz, a little bubble to it. I don't like it. Like people really, really like this thing, but I don't like it. Like, so just to give you an example of some of the companies that do make sparkling water, in case you don't know what it is or you feel like you've never had it, you probably have seen it or heard about it from somewhere else. So Lacroix, Lacroix, whatever that bottle is but yeah that's a sparkling water and bubbly which i think everybody's heard of it bubbly is also a sparkling water so it is a market that is keeps growing i see people like buying like four cans like four boxes of those things like they just buy them up people are really interested in those products it is a major industry it's a growing industry so much so that even coke launched a sparkling water along in case you don't know dasani is owned by coke they launched a sparkling water dasani a few years back and that has seen growth enormous growth in the business even though it hasn't made that much of a whole difference on coke's bottom line but it has seen a 27 increase in within the last year of just products being sold of sale numbers increasing over 27 percent which is crazy to think about so coke launched aha because people still Paired Dasani with just regular water, it didn't stand out enough. The Dasani sparkling water, it didn't stand out nearly enough for Coke. So they had to launch a whole new product to compete against things like LaCroix and Bubbly. And in case you don't know, Bubbly is owned by Pepsi Company. So Pepsi also has seen the same problem and it owns a good portion of the sparkling water industry or sector right now with the bubbly product and LaCroix is the biggest one in that in that sector right now so coke is a little behind to the party because pepsi has already been to the party but they are trying to differentiate themselves also by offering a caffeinated version so they can be a substitute for people instead of going to get you a nice little espresso shot you can go get you a aha caffeinated uh drink which it's supposed to have the same amount of caffeine as a regular coke so if you're the type of person who needs caffeine to survive because in this world we've basically been poisoned with caffeine stop drinking so much coffee take a break drink water it will help you get off the caffeine like just help yourselves get off caffeine we're so addicted to caffeine in this day and age but that's again is a sideways topic for another day but anyway 
all I got for y'all this week. I hope y'all have enjoyed it so far. I hope y'all got something out of this whole rambling that I did. I started off in one way and I finished off in a whole other way. Just remember, if there's anything you need to remember out of this whole conversation is one. The trade war is still very much in the air. We don't really know what exactly is going on with President Trump. Every time we think we take a step forward, he kind of just drags us back two steps. Two, watch out and keep up with the news about are the Democrats and Republicans going to finally come to the table and decipher a budget before the year runs out so that we don't have the same situation that we did last year, which they have a deadline to set a budget. And the deadline is there for a reason. Three, worker productivity is down over the last four years because the tax incentive that was supposed to cause companies to invest more ended up backfiring and not doing that. And also, we have an aging workforce, which is nothing new, but it's finally having issues. Four, leisure and travel is doing very well. People still have faith in the economy. Consumers are still spending money. And finally, five... Coca-Cola is releasing a new product called AHA Sparkling Water. So these are the main things to take out of this. I hope y'all learned something today. I hope y'all got a little bit of something, something out of this whole rambling thing I've been doing for the last 30 minutes or so. I don't really know how long I've been talking, but I hope y'all have a wonderful week. Do what you need to do. If you need to take a break, take a little break, but keep thinking about the assignment. Now, we're not talking about... Anyway, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. I'm not talking... I'm not going to start on that yet, but take a little break while you're still thinking about the things you need to get done and then kill it. Destroy what you need to do. You'll be surprised just how creative you are just when you take slack breaks while still working. Matter of fact, Japan implemented a four-day work week and productivity for them boosted over i think it was 30 percent or something like that but that's beside the point i hope y'all have a wonderful week god bless each and every single one of y'all listening to this podcast i pray y'all have something wonderful happen to you this week even if it's just waking up every day i'll talk to y'all later god bless y'all and peace